It's lights out, and away we go. Verstappen does start very well. Sebastian Vettel covers it across. Bottas has got a fight on his hands against Verstappen, and he loses out for going into turn two. Tries to fight back again. It's wheel to wheel. As Vettel goes away, Bottas gets ahead of Max Verstappen. Then comes Lewis Hamilton, Daniel Ricciardo ahead of Kimi Raikkonen, and Esteban Ocon on the inside going into the chicane of Nico Hulkenberg, but just a bit too far back. Oh, and there's a massive crash. It's Brendan Hartley, and he's got tangled up with Lance Stroll. And coming out of that chicane, Hartley got squeezed up against the fence. But Williams, an innocent bystander in that. And for the second race running, Brendan Hartley is out. Now, Ricardo has responded here. He's responded with what could be the fastest lap. They're hurtling down the main straight at nearly 200 miles an hour. And coming out now, Daniel Ricardo into the racetrack proper. Daniel Ricardo has got ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Come on, boys. What good stuff. Why do we get so early? 300th Grand Prix weekend for Fernando Alonso. Oh, not, not again. Fernando Alonso retired from this race last year. When the checker flag is being waved, but we're waiting for the race leader on that checker flag. And Sebastian Vettel is out and turns eight and seven at the moment. And he will retake the championship lead. Sebastian Vettel wins the Canadian Grand Prix and has led this race from start to finish. You're listening to the Q3 Podcast. G'day, everybody, and welcome to our recap of the Canadian Grand Prix here on the Q3 Podcast. I'm Ben Pascuzzi, and I'm joined by, as always, James Worth. G'day, guys. How are you, James? I'm better now. I'm good. I'm not as flat as I was on um, Friday. You sound flat. You sound really flat. Now? Yeah, you do. I'm not flat at all. Look at him. He's, he's a bit offended, the kid. I'm Poor not. Kid. I'm not. I was very tired on Friday. And you are very tired this morning from I'm watching not. the race as well, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I've, mate. Got up at 4 a.m. Anything, time. A- anything for the podcast, all right? Anything. Anything I was a bit, for Formula I was one. a bit gutted that I didn't watch the last two while I was actually in the European continent <laughs> while those races were going on in and that European continent. It's unfortunate. Oh, mate. We've got, a big, um, we've got a big show coming up. Yeah, we do. Of Quite course, we're going to get stuck into the race, um, reviewing the Canadian Grand Prix, which just took place. Sebastian Vettel getting his 50th. Career Grand Prix win, fairly comprehensive win. We'll talk through the race there. Also, some talking points from the race. And of course, James, you're going to be going through some comments from the <sighs> F1 official fan group, some reactions from the Canadian Grand Prix. And just general chat as well. I mean, we're not going to just single out Canadian Grand Prix factors in this. There's heaps of things going on. The, um, the French Grand Prix track got announced, like the full layout of it, because we. Yes. Um, we originally saw, I believe it was just a photo on Google Maps, um, not, not Google Maps, just a, on Google Images actually um, of it. And you know, it looked okay, but now they've actually made an official um, layout of the track and that massive straight that we saw um, at the back of the track has been turned into, it's like being split because there's been a chicane uh, put in the middle of it. So we won't see any cars taking lift off, off the ground. Mm. Um but, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. First time in France for me. First time in France, yes. All right, so let's get stuck into the race. All right, so kicking things off, it was a really, really good start from Sebastian Vettel uh, getting off to a flyer. It was Max Verstappen, though, 
who started in third position. He got off to the better start, uh, and he got right onto Valtteri Bottas's tail, who started in second. They were going side by side, and unfortunately for Verstappen, but fortunately for Bottas, uh, Bottas, incredible defensive driving, pulled through ahead of the first couple of turns and was able to stay clear of Verstappen. And Verstappen, to his credit, avoided a collision. So we'll give some we'll give some raps give some raps to him. I knew Verstappen for not crashing. Yeah, but apparently he did kiss him. Um, <laughs> there was a little collision supposedly, a little but smooch. yeah. Anyway, um, also on the opening up, Ricardo overtook Raikkonen at the start, moving to fifth place. And then, of course, there was the crash between Toro Rosso's Brendan Hartley and Williams' Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll, of course, in his home Grand Prix, unfortunately. Poor bloke. They both crashed out on turn five of the opening lap. Then, as the race went on, Hamilton Verstappen, they both pitted on lap 17. Both went on the super softs. Now, what was interesting was both Red Bulls, they started on the hyper softs. Mercedes and the Ferraris, they both started on the ultra softs. Now, yep. of course, the hyper softs, they have a lesser lifespan than the ultra softs. So As do all soft, soft tyres. Yeah, it's the, it's the least time, whatever you but call it. But it's the fastest Yes, tire. it's the fastest so, one. So, do they qualify on um, the hypersofts or were they, they, they... Yes. Yeah. Yes, so that's all. Because whatever, uh, whatever tyre you use in Q2, you have to use, have to use, in, use it yep. in the race. So gotcha. they did it in Q2, of course. But, so for Hamilton to pit at the same time as Verstappen, one of the Red Bulls and the hypers, was interesting. And the reason why Hamilton had to pit was because he had a power unit problem, which plagued his entire race, allowing Ricardo firstly to back into him. And then once Hamilton pitted, Ricardo got some clean air, put in an absolutely blistering in lap. He pitted the, immediately the lap after, went into the supers, got ahead of Hamilton. And that was pretty much all she wrote for the rest of the race. Those placings remained. Alonso, unfortunately, in his 300th Grand Prix, retired on lap 43. And that's pretty much it for the race. It was a fairly boring um, race, to say the least. Didn't unfortunately. you fall I might have. Didn't you? I did, but you know what? I'm not going to bring up what you did, but because, oh, yeah. Don't, don't, don't even go there. No, I always do that. I fall asleep um, every now and then because I'm just tired. Every now, oh, hang on, hang on. So, like, every now and then you just fall asleep. Like, yeah. just every night at, like, a certain time and just wake just up a certain asleep. time. Coincidentally, it happens every night. No. That's how boring the race was. So I did fall asleep um, and then obviously woke up at the end. But what was interesting, though, at the end, lap 68, I don't know the celebrity's name, but the marshal gave her the flag. Lap 68? Yep. Two laps before the end of the race, they waved it. I believe her name was like Winnie something. She's a Tommy, yeah, no, you're she's right. a Tommy yeah. Hilfiger model. Yeah, whatever. Um, um, but yeah, she, anyway, the marshal gave it to her and she waved the flag. So... What was the interesting thing about that is that Daniel Ricciardo set the fastest lap on the last lap. However, due to the checkered flag being waved before that final lap, the actual final lap, Ricciardo's fastest lap didn't count. Therefore, his teammates won counted. And the reaction from Ricciardo when he found out that it was his teammate who got the fastest lap, they had an interview on Sky Sports. It was hilarious. So really good um, viewing. So if I do encourage you, search on YouTube, Ricardo's reaction to not getting fastest lap or, or on Facebook, whatever. It's on the F1 official fan group as well. Yep. It's quite funny. So that was it pretty much for what was a boring Canadian Grand Prix. The girl's name, the model's name was Winnie Harlow. She's a Canadian fashion model, apparently. There you go. Right. <sighs> F1, F1. Yeah. That's it for our race recap.
Now let's get into the talking points from the Canadian Grand Prix. So we were just discussing that checkered flag, the one that gone early, obviously Verstappen at the fastest lap, Ricard not allowed due to the early flag. Now, does there need to be a slight rule change which sees us clearly... Say, say for example, um, hypothetically, Bottas was right up Vettel's you-know-what, um, his rear, derriere, he's behind, yep. and overtook him on the actual final lap. However, the chequered flag had been waved two laps prior. Should there be a new rule change that if the chequered flag is waved prior to the actual ending of the race, that just doesn't count? Because clearly it was, it was a mistake. Yep. Um, unless it has been, unless there's obviously like a red flag or, yeah. um, I don't know, it's wet or whatever, mm-hmm. yellow car, uh, yellow car, safety car, <laughs> yellow car, yellow flag, does that rule need to be changed to prevent a situation like that occurring? No, 100%. I mean, it's... If and that, of course, allowing Daniel Ricciardo to get the fastest lap, which is the yeah. most important thing here. Uh, <laughs> of, of course, I mean, you know, this is the talking uh, Daniel Ricciardo uh, podcast, but I mean, when we, when we think about it, if this happened, like just theoretically, if it happened, Ricardo would be like not happy, but he wouldn't be like overly like you know, are you kidding? Like he wouldn't lose his crap like Vettel or Hamilton. If that happened to like Hamilton or something, well, like, fastest lap. No, no, no. If, like if if like I overtook. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Hamilton would take it's like the high court of like the galaxy. I feel Ricardo would would be pretty peed off. As yeah, well. but like he wouldn't take it that far. Mm. Like. If it was Hamilton, like, War of the Worlds would happen. I mean, we wouldn't hear the end of it. But, I mean, like, if I'm going to be honest, I think it should be the checkered flag is just there for, like, show. I don't think it should mean anything. I think what it should be is as soon as your, like, tracker that's on the car ticks over lap 78. Um, no, not lap, lap 70. Lap 70. So, what am I saying? 78, 68. 68, yeah. yeah. Um, lap, as soon as it ticks over to lap 70... Everything should just result should be just be entered, and that's it. I think it should be a technical system, not a flag system, yeah. because things can get too dodgy with that sort of stuff. What if mm. someone, you never know. What if because like what now, if they deliberately did it? But the whole thing is now. What if someone I don't know how right, but jumps up to the um up up to the box yeah, illegally yeah. and waves the flag. Technically, the race is over. Am I right? Yeah, according to the rules, it is. You could be fifty. You could be fifty percent into a race, and it could be technically over. I wonder if they'd actually call the race over if it was fifty laps to go. But like, that's would a, they? That's the thing. No, fifty percent gone. Would but they? that's the thing. Yeah, because it's in the rule. It's in the Once rules. Once the checkered flag so is they waved, have to, that's and it. it's like a taste of their own medicine. It's like yeah. a backfire. Like someone should do that. Test them out. Change <sighs> the, the rules. Got to change. Though. Next it's Australian. Ridiculous. Next Australian GP. You and me. Get, <laughs> we'll bring checkered flags. No, no, no. Get a Red Bull pass, right? Red sit, sit in the Red Bull garage and then climb up to the box and just wave it 10 laps in. And as soon as Ricardo takes pole, no, as soon as that's it. it. No, let, let everyone else pit in front of him. Ricardo stays out a couple laps later. Bang. We go. Bang. But like, this, flag. this is all planned. Like, we, we contact the. <laughs> contact the, um, Christian Horner. Christian Horner, Max Verstappen, the yeah. god that is Ricardo. Everyone. Yeah. That's um, it. Done. Happy just, days. Yeah. And Ricardo, first Australian Grand Prix winner in God knows how long. <laughs> <laughs> and don't it's come looking back to this podcast for evidence because there's none of it whatsoever. None of it, anyway. All right, let's move on to the winners. And, of course, Sebastian Vettel winning his 50th Grand Prix uh, going through. You know what? Even in the race recap, I'd even go through the placings. So I'm just going to do that right now. I've got now. it, yeah. you got the placings. Yep. you want to go through it? Okay, so we've got Vettel first, Bottas second, in third, Verstappen, 
fourth, fifth, sixth, we have Ricardo, Hamilton, and Raikkonen. Uh, seventh is Hulkenberg. Uh, eighth, Carlos Sainz Jr. Ninth, Esteban Ocon. Tenth, which is a pretty good result, which is Charles Leclerc. I said he needed a big, um, a big performance mm. in our preview to this on Friday. And then we had in eleventh, Pierre Gasly. Twelfth, Roman Grosjean. Kevin Magnussen. Perez, Ericsson, Van Dorn, Sorotkin, and then did not finish as Alonso, Hartley, and Stroll. All right, so let's take a listen to the driver reactions from the top three of Vettel, Bottas, and Verstappen. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a very good day, obviously. Um, yeah, great, uh, great result, great performance from, from the team. I think we, we never had a, a moment in the race where, uh, you know, we had to be scared, so uh, it was really really controlled the pace was there and the car was doing what i wanted so the first thing was was key to open the gap but at the same time manage fuel and tires um, i think we had the right strategy so uh, it's yeah close or perfect day i guess yeah it's a nice side effect it's not i think today the, the victory is more important obviously if you win you score more points than others but uh, for that, I think it's very still a very, very long way to go, so it's very early, but uh, I think I'm more happy about the fact uh, to win here, uh, yeah, what it means. Uh, all the fans, you know, the Ferrari fans here have been waiting for a long time to have the Ferrari winning, so uh, yeah, it was amazing to see them in the driver's parade, how excited they were, gave me a lot of energy, and then to do the job, get the job done on, uh, on the end of the afternoon was, uh, was fantastic. Valtteri. Great job today. Uh, very measured drive. It was close at the end, though. <laughs> Were you a little bit worried? Uh, actually, not not too much because um, why it was so close. We ha we had to save fuel, and I could decide where to save it. And a um, uh, couple of laps before the end, I saw everything was under control. I could kind of choose the the lifting coast um, places I was going to do and. Um, and just before the flag, to be safe, I, I, I was also lifting massively, but I was looking at the mirror all the time, so it was not too bad, but it was all because we, we pushed hard in the first stint, trying to put pressure on Ferrari, but we were not quick enough for that. You started pushing pretty hard in the second stint as well, when you overtook the Renault coming down into Turn 1. Was that the point at which you said, you know what, let's, let's just leave that? <laughs> no, yeah, I was trying to make up all the time I could, getting through the, the blue flag cars. And there was this one, one, one issue with the, one of the Renaults and went wide and lost a bit of time. And it, was, it took a couple of laps to kind of get the rhythm back and got some dust in the tyres as well. Uh, but we could see that Ferrari was just really controlling the race, so we were not, not quick enough for them. Max, great drive uh, today. Congratulations. Do you think you could have got Valtteri in those final few laps? Well, I pushed as hard as I could, and um, yeah, we just ran out of, of laps, and uh, I knew that he was fuel saving quite a lot. That's why um, I also got really close to him on the line, um, because he had to lift off a fuel. But yeah, I'm of course very happy with, with the pace we showed all, uh, all weekend. So Pirelli, the start of the race today, said that you had probably the fastest strategy coming into it. Did the safety car ultimately undo that? No, I, didn't. I don't think so. I think it was actually uh, quite okay for us because we could extend it a little bit. But afterwards, maybe, you know, we could have pitted maybe a little bit earlier still because my tyres at the end were still holding on quite well. Now, all the way through this season, we've seen the team look really great on a Friday. The long run pace looked good and it not quite translate to Sunday. You topped every single session this weekend. Pace wasn't there in the Grand Prix to allow you to fight for the win. Why is that? Pace was there, I think. 
um, because I was very close to Valtteri. Um, and of course, Seb was just six, seven seconds ahead, but that was also how it was more or less after that for a stop. Um, so yeah, I don't know. You know, we are lacking top speed. That's that's how it goes. And uh, of course, the longer the straights, the more struggles. But um, yeah, I'm I'm happy. The pace was there for me personally, but I don't know. Maybe you think differently about it. No, I don't. Say, I think it's more a question for like if, if you're if you're a fan at home and you watch it and you see Max Verstappen P1 every single session, but then comes home third in the race. Yeah. For them to wrap their heads around yeah, it, to understand that. Understand that in qualifying they can ramp up their power, so then you are behind. If I would start first, I would have won the race. Let's say like that because we had the pace to do that. Because once you are ahead, it's really difficult to overtake. But, and yeah, we we finished eight seconds behind. And I think if Valtteri would have started first, he would have won the race. So I think that explains a lot. Yeah, so that was the driver reaction from the top three finishers of the 2018 Canadian Grand Prix. So. We'll get things kicked off with Vettel, who, of course, it was his 50th Grand Prix win. Now, he is one point clear of Hamilton in the Drivers' Championship. Of course, Hamilton finishing in fifth place. Is Vettel now the championship favourite? I I called it from the start of the season that Vettel would win this. Mm. Um, I'm I'm not doubting myself one bit saying that he won't do it. I mean, Hamilton, yeah, for his standard, poor finish. Poor finish. I mean, um, you know, Vettel led from the start. And as I said on Friday, that, like, this this race isn't... Like, it's not, like, won and lost on the first corner. Like, you can't, you know, get any... It's not like Australia where, like, you can get an express exit out of turn one and just lead for the whole race. Um, it's kind of like a lingering long first corner. Um, and then everything just sort of evaluates. And he just... Um, not, not evaluates, just, like, you know, unfolds... Um, in the first lap, and then you kind of get a gist of you know who's what the placing is going to be like, um, and he ticked all the boxes in that first lap, just bang, bang, bang. Uh, in France, I think he'll win that as well. Um, <clears throat> oh my God, what was that? So you'd say he's the title <laughs> favorite? Yeah. Yep. Now, in terms of, I guess stature, um, in historical terms. Where does he rank amongst the all-time greats? So, of course, as I said, his 50th Grand Prix win. He's won four world championships. He won them all in a row, of course, but with Red Bull between yep. 2010 and 2013. Where do you sit him amongst the all-time greats? And I guess the greatest comparison or the best comparison we can have of him, um, in like comparing him to a driver now, is Hamilton. Where do you see him? Do you see him as a better driver than Hamilton on the all-time scale? Or how do you see it? What happens it's, here? It's hard firstly, to... Firstly, go this okay. year. So this year, he's go. a better driver, 110%. Yeah. No doubt about it. In history... At this stage of the season. At this stage. With so, much, so many races left. Yeah, I think he's better than him. I yep. mean, he's driving way better than him. Um, you know, results are results. But like when you look at like those one percenters, those... You know, you put in that 110% effort in. Yeah. He's that better bloke on track every single week. Hamilton's just more like a show pony that just happens to work out for him. Yep. Because he's got the car. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, Ferrari's not as fast as them, but you can see the you can see that extra effort, and I think that's what puts him ahead of him. But in, it's hard to say like over the over the history of just both of their careers because they're so different. I mean, Hamilton's raced pretty much with only two, like, you know, with with two um, racing teams, but they're pretty much the same. Like, McLaren and Petronas Mercedes. Um, 
who were pretty much identical yeah. until they split away mm-hmm. um, two or three years ago. So, I mean, I think Vettel's just got the upper hand since he raced with Red Bull from the very start when they had to adapt and they were like a fourth or fifth tier team. They weren't, you know, the greatest team ever, but he made it good. You know, he he dealt with the circum he, he dealt with the cars that he was dealt. Yeah. Um he had to do what he could. Uh and I he worked I, his way from the top exactly. starting from Toro Rosso. Exactly. He was the youngest driver to win a race or was it yep. he did he, I think he won one with Toro Rosso, didn't he? I know he finished I think I'm pretty sure he did. Um, go check that up, James, if he yeah. has. But yeah, either way, he was extremely competitive in that Toro Rosso car, and they were actually he was actually beating the um, the sister team or the brother team in Red yeah. Bull. So he was absolutely incredible at the start in Toro Rosso. Whereas Hamilton, as you said, got a kick start in one of the be- in the best team in Formula One at that time, which was McLaren, and he came second in the championship in his first year. Won the championship, obviously, in his second year, but again, he had the car. So yeah, well, he did. He says, did win. Yes, I he told. Did. I thought he did. so. What do you win? Um, <laughs> oh, mate, I, I'm literally just looking at. It says youngest pole start and uh, at first race win, which is 2008. 2008. So you know I'm doing on um, Daily Motion. Some legend, I think it's called Pure Racing. He's uploaded every single Formula One season review. And it's like in separate parts, like part one, part two, part three, part four. And they're all like 50-minute parts. And I just love watching it in my spare time. Just having the background. Just watch, I don't know, I'm up to the 2009 season review now. When Braun <laughs> were dominating. I had, old Braun. I had Weber winning his first ever Grand Prix. Was it in Hungary? I can't yeah, remember. I, yeah. I, I just, I just, I just I watched it. I think I remember that. I watched it yesterday. It was Hungary, whatever. He was just, he was wrapped. Um, but yeah, I'm up to that now. So I recommend it. Go go get on the Daily Motion. Whoever Pure Racing is, by any chance, if you're listening to this, give us a message. We love you. I love your work. But so yeah, fantastic. The Vettel one in Monza, uh, 2008. That's, it was. That was the home track of Toro Rosso Aged as well. 21 and 74 days. Fantastic so, stuff. I mean, and of course, Verstappen now the youngest race winner. Yep. So he's been eclipsed. All right. Uh, in terms of Hamilton, now uh, let's quickly. Grab a listen to what his reaction was um, from the Canadian Grand Prix, which for Hamilton standards was quite the, I guess, um, understatement. Didn't really perform as well as he wanted to, but of course he had some power unit failures, um, power unit issues, which did plague his race. But anyway, let's take a listen to what he thought of the race. Honestly, man, I'm just grateful that I finished the race. Um, it could be a lot, lot worse. Could have lost a lot more points today. And naturally, of course, it's not a good weekend, but we could have had a DNF today. I mean, I lost power from the start. So I was thinking, shoot, is this engine going to make it to the end? I'm, I'm expecting to see smoke come out the back or something like that, but it kept going. So I'm hugely grateful that it kept going. And I gave it everything I could at the end. I was, I was driving way over the limit, so it was super risky to try and get, get by. But again, a bit like Monaco, it's these cars and these tyres, it's not providing very good racing, I have to say, but um, but still. Um, was there a lot of ra- overtaken in the race? Probably less than Monaco. Wow. Yeah, that, well, that's how it felt in the car, so maybe that's exciting for you. Um, over single lap is, is good, but it was it was difficult from qualifying onwards. It just struggled, and um, but I'm just, I can't tell you how happy I am that the car just did finish, you know, so... Thank God for that, and I'll just take take it on the chin and, and um, push push through to the European 
stuff that we have coming. It's always nice to, to win a Grand Prix here in, in Montreal, but this weekend it just wasn't meant to be. And obviously, you hopefully get a new engine next time out. Will that put to bed some of the I issues you've had? You definitely will next time out. That's got to be a positive thing, going to France where there's those two massive long back straights. What's crazy is that we have to do this season with three engines. I mean, it's just doesn't, it's just weird, you know, like, and it's, today it was on, felt like it was on its last legs. I don't know why it didn't finish and maybe they'll find that something that's not reliability related or something like that. But um, yeah, it's a long, long way to go. But I think others are on other engines. You know, I think Ferraris are on a second engine, at least, at least one of them. Yeah, I think both of them are. Red Bulls are too. So we're not in bad shape really, even though we've just lost points today. We could have had an eighth, we could have had a DNF, it could have been way, way worse. So, Yeah, so that was Lewis Hamilton there after his fifth place placing in the Canadian Grand Prix. Where to now for Hamilton? I, th- I believe we asked this question, what Grand Prix was it? Was it Bahrain? Or yeah. It was around, well, uh, yeah, yeah. It was one of our first it was after It was after Vettel won Australia and we are just like, well, is this like... No, 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 no. Well, no, no. Wasn't when it? we did our podcast, we discussed it. We said, where does he go from here? Yeah. Because he didn't have any fight. Wasn't, yeah, we yeah. didn't start it that early. We started at, um, what Grand Prix was it? It wasn't Monaco. It was Azerbaijan, I think it was. It might have been Baku. Yeah, it was it might Baku. Have been Baku. That's it. That was our first one. That's the one. Yeah, anyway. So the fight, again, doesn't look like it's there. Uh, he did fight back after Azerbaijan and showed that the trademark a fight bit. that he's yeah a little bit of it, albeit. But after this, where to? He's one point now trailing Sebastian Vettel. He was up by seventeen, I think it was, prior to this race, so yeah. he had a substantial lead. Does this race affect him in any way whatsoever, or do we expect him to bounce back in the French Grand Prix? I don't think there's any way that he can bounce back to the point where we get a substantial lead where he can hold it. Yep. I think, you know, if he wins a race or two, he'll be just in front and it'll be like neck and neck all, all season. But I can't see him edging out to the point where he's won it with, you know, a certain amount of races to go. So, you know, but like, you, but you never know. As we kept saying, it's Formula One. Um, these different, you know, crazier things have happened. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not convinced that he can. Okay, fair enough. I think because we kind of wrote him off before. I don't really want to write him off whole thing just is that yet. Every time we've called him out, he wins the he next fights week. Back. Yeah, maybe so that, he that's, listens that's, to that's, us. That's why I don't want to call him, write him off yet. Uh, I think obviously it didn't look that great. It was a power unit issue. He did discuss in that interview that obviously they got only the three engines for the year, which is a fault. Um, Ferrari obviously on their second already. He pro- he's probably going to have the new one for France. I just don't think we can run him off yet. I think the car was just on its dying legs there in Canada. He did exceptionally well to keep it on the track for fifth, which is what he said. I guess it was yep. similar to like a Ricardo-esque drive at Monaco. Two race, uh, the two races ago. So, don't write him off yet. I think Vettel's definitely still in the box seat, but again, I'm just still not convinced on the Ferrari reliability just yet. Fair enough. Just I can respect, yet. I can respect that. Just I can respect yet. That. I'm not sure. Like I, I want Seb to win, but I'm not sure yet. But in that interview with uh, Hamilton, he did raise a good point. Well, the the interviewer did telling him about the lack of overtaking that it was less overtakes than Monaco now. 
You would expect there to be a lot more overtakes here at the Canadian Grand Prix than Monaco, of course. But, yeah, we didn't see it. So, are we now seeing, what, the last two races where there have been basically no overtakes? Are we now, I guess, fully supportive of the new uh, technical aspects? Um, well, what's the word? Te- technical... Technical... Um, Regulations, okay. regulations that they brought in next year with the simplified front wing, the wider um, rear wing. Uh, what are we are we supportive of that now because that's going to obviously see better racing and potentially more overtakes, or are we of the driver's view that we want to see faster cars and doesn't really matter about the racing as long as we see them going quicker, like in quality and stuff. That's all that matters. I'm a bit I'm a bit fifty fifty on this one because I'll actually add something else here. Would we rather see that occur in terms of the simplified front wing and the the wider rear wing, I think it is, or would you want to see the reintroduction of a mandatory fuel stop? Oh, mate. I was was thinking about this last night when I was in and out of sleeping. I was like, wouldn't it be great to see the fuel stop back in because... You'd see cars going a lot quicker. So obviously towards the end of the races now is when drivers are picking up the faster laps because they got less fuel on board. So they'll start with less fuel at the start. They'll be able to go quicker. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to see more strategy and stuff yeah. play out. So I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts? You want As, a simplified front wing or fuel stop? What do you reckon? I do you reckon both? All right. I reckon you should simplify the front wing and widen the rear wing. So you want to see... Cars I kind of like the older cars. So, so you want to see cars go slower? Yeah. I mean, if that's going to change the racing, like, you know, for yeah. next season, I'd, I'll rate 110%. Um, do you reckon there's anything else that they can do, though, with the current uh, regulations? Is there anything at all possible that can make the racing better? Well, like... Like I said, with the fuel stop, how much you get, how much are they going to simplify it? Like, just make it like literally one. Yeah, piece they're going to lose one point five seconds on qualifying, apparently. Oh, okay. I mean, if they can go like you know maybe one second or point seven or whatever, like make it just that little bit less, because you you do want overtaking, and now it's getting a bit boring. Like I do admit, you know, it's just like saying, oh yeah, this guy's leading. Yeah, because you could you could barely you could barely keep your eyes open, could you? Because it's like, literally, because like, this, you know, someone's 12th, right? And he'll stay 12th the whole race because, and I think it was what, I'm just looking at the um, results, right? And it says, uh, so Raikkonen finished sixth. And then there was, no, what am I saying? Um, there was a... Yeah, Raikkonen finished yeah, sixth. Yeah, Raikkonen finished sixth. And that was, there was a, that was a 27 gap uh, finish, like for the, you know, from Vettel... To Raikkonen, there was a 27-second gap. And then after that, there was one lap of a gap. So, like, that's a massive gap between uh, Raikkonen and Hulkenberg. So, I mean, like, yeah, we're kind of setting... Again, uh, from Hamilton to Raikkonen, there was six seconds. You mm-hmm. know, like, it's getting a tiny bit boring, I do admit. But I think a change is imminent and I think a change would be good. Well, it's happening. It's yeah. definitely happening next year. It's just whether or not you agree with it or you think something else should happen. No, I'm I'm still sticking with the simplified mm. front wing. I don't know. Like I was at the start and then I heard back from the drivers and Oh they, you heard back, did they call you on their phone? No, they didn't, no. But like I, I discussed this last week when you weren't here. Yeah. Um Vettel and Hamilton. They were very, very disappointed that 
the drivers weren't consulted about this, about these changes, and that's just going ahead. And same with similar with some of the race engineers, they weren't really consulted on it. It just happened, just so the F1 bosses wanted to do it, so they could be more overtaking. So, um, in that sense, I think that what should happen is like I, my suggestion was the fuel stop maybe back. See them go quicker. Yeah, of course. They're going to be on less, uh, what's it called? They're going to have less um, fuel on board. But they're going to go, go quicker. Yeah. That's going to, they're going to try harder. Now all they're doing is um, managing their tyres. And they're just seeing the cast nurse home, which obviously plays a factor in why they're just managing their tyres, managing their fuel, and not really getting into any, um, what do you call it, dirty air. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm having one of those days. So you get that extra fuel voice. stop. They may go harder and may actually pursue it. So I don't know. I do want to see more overtaking, but yep. I don't really want to see the cars go slower. That's my thing. Fair enough. Now, I mean, I may adapt. You may adapt your decision. Yes, through maybe. Time. Maybe. Uh, Verstappen had a clean race for once. Was I really watching that or was I just asleep? You were just asleep, weren't you? Probably. <laughs> Stop it. Jet lag is annoying, okay? What's this? Jet lag You didn't watch annoying. the race. What? Race? Yeah, of course. God. Anyway, F1. yeah, Verstappen, clean race, no crash. I was yep. very proud of him, but slightly disappointed as well for the memes and the internet <laughs> that he didn't crash with Bottas at the start. Yeah. Like it was going to happen, but it didn't. So has he matured just yet or is it too early? It's too early to call. I mean, it's one race. Yeah. Come on. Um, so there's something... I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just going to just give an early hint of this F1 official fan group. Um, okay, so apparently Verstappen made a minor contact with Bottas at the start. Quote Verstappen. Yeah, just a little kiss. It's racing, isn't it? Steve. Who's Steve? I think he's the commentator. Okay. On the paddock. I think, yeah. I said, so Verstappen did crash this weekend. <laughs> um... So he did. So we're yeah. all wrong. Well, all right. Um, yep, so we're both proud of Verstappen. I agree as well. It's probably a bit too early. He'll probably crash in France, but we'll see. Uh, Alonso. Let's get into the disappointing results from the week. So Alonso, 300 race start. Fortunately, we don't have a grab because I'm, I'm assuming he was very, very disgusted. We discussed disgusted on Friday. Word. We discussed on Friday uh, about his motivation towards Formula One. This just makes it worse, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> oh my god, it keeps happening. This <laughs> is terrible. Lap 43, uh, yep. his 300th race start in Formula 1. Retires again for McLaren. What? Where to here now? Is it just a matter of time before he quits the sport? Yeah. Or should he just, like, is he going to change teams? What's going to happen? He, he won't. Like, no one will offer him because they're too scared that it'll just be a waste of a contract. Um, they don't want to sign someone. Why is he a waste of a contract when no, you uh, no, you yourself said on Friday, and even I got you on the record from no, the no, previous I podcast, I, I, he's the best driver in the Formula One paddock. So why would he's one? He's one of you know. You said he's the best. I did. Did I say yes, he's the you best? Did. He's the best. He's better than Hamilton. Better than Vettel. That's what you said. Yeah. Well, in the circumstances that he's in, he is. So then, why wouldn't any other team want to sign him? Because well, like the whole thing is that they're not looking at just the um. You know, res- like they're looking at just results. You know, they're not looking at how hard he's working, the circumstances he's in. Um, and I'd argue they are. Y- you think they will be? Of course they are. But like, you just said it that he's the best driver. I agree. 
many other people, I'd say a majority of people, still believe that he is the best. And you see it all the time, like in your F1 fan groups, like the official one, they always say, yep, Fernando Alonso is still the best driver because you see him time and time again, he just manages to pull that McLaren in just ridiculous places. So yeah. you said it yourself. Why, why, why wouldn't they sign? I don't know. What else? I mean, who, who would they want to get? Unless, because all the good teams, um, I'd look, I'm going to say this right here, right now. If Renault get rid of Nico Hülkenberg, I am protesting. Because Where did this come from? Because that's the only reason that um, Alonso would move. Like, if he moved to Renault, that's like a one step up. Mm. Um, I couldn't see him moving to Force India. I couldn't see him moving to Williams. Do you see him moving to Ferrari if no. Kimi goes no. and Daniel Ricciardo chooses, not to, chooses to stay with Red Bull? Oh, now you're making me think. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Would Ferrari sign him? Obviously, putting aside the fact that Fernando Alonso may quit the sport, if he's still passionate about the sport, would Ferrari sign him? Or would they chuck in Leclerc probably a bit too early for his age? Um, I think give him one more season. He Who? needs Leclerc. So do they sign Alonso then if Ferrari wants to retire? I mean... That's the question I put to you. Do they sign Alonso? I if Raikkonen retires at the end of the year, the spot, I am. That's the point of the podcast. I mean, it would be nice to. I know that, but I mean, yes or no? Oh. You got to give me an answer, mate. Oh, yes. So Ferrari will sign Alonso no. if he's available, <laughs> and Raikkonen retires at the end of the year. Is that what you're saying? Quite possibly. They, yes. that, 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 that they will presume that they want him. Yes. I agree as well. Yep. That'd be fantastic. That'd be a good reunion. It'd be nice. It would be nice. Just bring that Massa. Just bring that Massa and Alonso. <laughs> bring him back in. Oh, the iconic uh, too. Um, so that's done with that, Alonso. Another disappointing performance, unfortunately, for Lance Stroll. In I feel really sorry for this bloke. <laughs> I'm not sure oh. if you're joking or not, because you're laughing. It's just, it's so bad though, because like, I get it that you know you didn't give him any room. He over he oversteered mid corner, but and then he crashed. And then it's just like yeah okay, but he gave him he gave Hartley no room, and then Hartley's come back and literally just touched him, and he's locked like the wheels, locked he like locked both front wheels together, and well Hartley just, Hartley tried to go around the outside. Yeah, let's put it this way: it wasn't really a move. Um, the move probably wasn't there. But nevertheless, when it's racing, you still give him that car width. Uh, Stroll tried to, couldn't, as you said, got the understeer, gave Hartley no room. Hartley's just gone two wheels up yep. and gone into the wall. That was a, very, Stroll, it was a very colourful crash. It was good. Anyway, let's have a look at, uh, let's have a listen, sorry, to what Lance Stroll's thoughts on were for his 2018 Canadian Grand Prix start. Yeah, I mean, um, I had a good start. I gained, um, yeah, gained, gained a few positions. I got the McLarens um, off the line. Uh, I was up to 13th. And, uh, yeah, then, uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah, I was, I was racing side-by-side side with Brendan uh, into Turn 5. Uh, the car got loose on me. I corrected it. Um, but there wasn't enough room for both of us. And uh, by the time I corrected it, we made contact and then went into the wall. Obviously, Brendan going around the outside there, you don't see it all that often. Did that force you to take a sort of a compromised line through there, get on the dirty part of the track? Yeah, I was tight and then 
uh, the car got a little bit loose and by the time I corrected it I didn't have enough road to carry on going I, I was like in, in the side of him so um, yeah just uh, close racing on the first lap and uh, yeah sometimes uh, wrong place wrong time but another bloody brilliant start yeah I mean uh, it's a shame I would have liked to see where you know how the pace of the car uh, would be today um, but anyways you know that's racing sometimes it's uh, yeah not uh, the outcome uh, you're hoping for yes so that was Lance Stroll his reaction post his crash with Brendan Hartley of the Canadian Grand Prix, as he said, and as the interviewer said, he got off to a fantastic start, moving into 13th place, and then, of course, it all went pear-shaped when he collided with Brendan Hartley. Do we... Where to for Stroll? Because he's had a very disappointing season for Williams. He's currently sitting in... 16th place in the driver standings on four points. He is the lead driver at Williams because one driver in Sergei Sorokin is one of only two drivers in the Formula One paddock yet to score a point for this season. And the other Roman Grosjean. Our best mate. Our best mate. Now, do you remember Roman Grosjean? What happened? He collided with a a Canadian native animal, was it? Rest in paradise. Was it in Pracky? Was it Pracky or Quali? I think it was Pracky. Oh, yeah, I think it was Pracky. I think. Um, yeah, it was a marmot. One of those animals who like to dig holes and there's lots of little potholes all around the track. Um, due to the, you know, factor that one of their uncles, aunties, relatives got killed by um, the savage that is Roman Grosjean. Um, and they decided to rebel and start digging holes in the track. So, there you go. It's all, I mean, it's all Roman's fault. It's all Roman's fault. I mean, fault. when you look at that video of when he hit it, that mate, that is nasty. It's it's, it's bad. It's not <laughs> like I don't even want to describe it because it's just like, ooh, yeah, nah, rest in peace, buddy. <laughs> Rip. Anyway, back to Stroll. Is he is he just continuing to get bad luck, or was some of it his own doing here, Williams? This season, I think it's sixty forty, in terms of bad luck, bad 60, luck. Yep, and then forty him That's being fair, his own fault. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just think a case of bad circumstances of you know, it's it's always been like that for some reason. It's just like he's happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. But I mean, I think Williams need to give him a chance and let him just, you know, I don't know, like just. Oh, man, I'm going blank here. Um, what are you talking about, man? Like, like, they need to just give him some time to just show them... Show He needs to show them what he can do. What he's worth. Exactly. Your surname. Oh, shut up. God, what is going on? Um, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. You, no, he, you know, you know he, what I The mean. talent's there. He hasn't really had the best circumstances. Some of it has been his own doing. A lot of it has been bad luck combined. I agree with you. That's 60-40. Pretty good. But, yeah, look, it's unfortunate at the end of the day. But, you know what I just want to do? I'm just going to go off script here. And I've just chucked here on my uh, Facebook feed was Daniel Ricciardo's reaction to when he found out that he wasn't the fastest lap. So, this is on Sky Sports F1. So, let's just take a listen. Play this Um, bad boy. Let's take a listen to what happened. He may not say anything, but his face is just priceless. Let's have a listen. 
the DHL fast slap went to his teammate Max Verstappen. Went to me. No, went to me, bro. Uh, did it go to you? Just check. No, it says there. Look, one thirteen eight. Sorry about that. So, um, because you can't see it, his mouth has just gone like wide open, but it's like just what? Hey Ben, do you want to turn my mic on? That'd be so handy, thanks, man. Sorry, James. Okay. There's probably gaps in there. That's hilarious. I completely forgot to turn your mic on. No, it's all right. Soz, not Soz. But anyway, um, yeah, he's just like, no, mate, I thought it was me. He's just like, yeah, sorry, Danny Rick. Anyway, on that note, James, let's get stuck into the F1 official fan group comments. Okay, um, there's a bit going on in this uh, official Formula One official fan group. If you haven't jumped on this bad boy, jump on it right now because I mean it's the best group ever. And the um, Daniel Ricciardo official fan group as well. Correct. Are you hang on, on, wait, wait, what? Didn't you know about this? No way. Hang on, there's a Daniel Daniel Ricciardo official fan group. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna wait. Let me on. add you. I'll add you. Wait, to no, it. no, no. No, go. Am I added to this? No, no I'm, I'm adding not, you. Oh now. my. I just added you. That's right. That is crazy. Get get back on the okay, Formula 1 official right, fan I'm getting back on it. Okay. So, uh, what is your driver of the day for the Canadian Grand Prix? Um, Seb. No, there's all the options. And the winner... Seb. ...with 65-plus votes... Vettel. ...is Daniel Ricciardo. When? It's, it says right here, post 11 hours ago, uh, 65 votes to Daniel Ricciardo, 44 votes to Sebastian Vettel... 23 votes to Verstappen, 12 to Magnussen, yeah, yeah. and then everyone's just got one. Oh, that's very surprising yep. that Danny Rick got it. I'm not going to complain, but okay. I would have got to be said. Up the Ricardo. Up Danny Rick. Uh, what else we got? Oh, so that new, uh, well, the new French track got released, and everyone's talking about that, saying, uh, oh, I don't know who this guy is. They're, they're referring to this Paul guy. Um, French, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. That's the actual name of the track. Um, Paul Richard. You are an idiot. I'm like, Can't who's confirm. this? I'm like, who's this, who's this Paul Ricard bloke? You're um, bad. In brackets, French GP circuit layout, 5.8 kilometers, and the race duration is 53 laps. Uh, it's got two DRS uh, activation zones, of course, um, two DRS zones. There are, I believe there's 15 corners. And the last little bit of the well, sector three of the circuit is very, very cool. It's um got got a quite a few turns in it. It's what the last well to turn eleven is a bit of a high speed, uh, and then turn twelve you've got to slow right down. But then it's kind of like a smiley face, and yeah. I kind of like I it. I like it. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good fun. You rate you rate the track? Yes, I do. I rate it. That's amazing. I mean, kind of reminds me of Baku a little bit. Yep. Yep. I can. I think I yeah. You know. Uh yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, what else? Oh, people were saying that the French track is going to be a total wipeout of Merck, uh, solid because of the straights and the fast cars. Um, Which is why I think Hamilton bounces back. Yes, probably. I mean, he probably most listens, likely. He probably listens to this podcast and just thinks, he does. And just like Lewis, oh. give us a shout out next time. He's just you're like, listening. Oh, we know you're listening. Ben and James are dissing. I'm going to win next race. Yeah. Give us a shout out next um, time you interview. Say thanks to the boys at the Q3 podcast for firing me up. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fantastic, Lewis. Just amazing. give us a plug. Give us a little um, plug. This one uh, person has written a bit of a piece saying, uh, "Have the races currently become too predictable and boring to watch?" Yeah. Um, the Canadian track is one of the most exciting circuits in the GP calendar, but last night it just lagged charisma of the previous years. Even Carlos Sainz being in P6 
uh, getting lapped by Vettel at around lap 62-63. Uh, the question being, are the top three teams too powerful that the other cars can't compete with them? So that's a very fair statement. I think there. I think they're starting to catch up the back runners because this is what the fifth year is it of the uh, yeah it's the fifth year of the V six um, you know, hybrid era. So they're all starting to catch up, which is good. And then there is one more. I'll just give one final about uh, this guy. I think he's yeah. So his profile picture I think is Max Verstappen or Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, on the podium, and it says, I do wonder where the Max haters at. Uh, things have gone quiet. You said he would crash first corner and create a carnage. You said he'd had 70 laps to hit the wall of cha- of, of champs. Um, you said he was saving his crash for the race. How do you feel now? Though I'm sure you'll come up with something about this as well. Or predict Paul Richard, um, you panel experts. Uh, laughy face with that sweat coming down your face. Cheers. So, I mean, interesting. And then there's memes coming up about that chick who waved the flag. And then there's um, uh, Spock saying, you had one job. And then there's Yoda saying, yeah. in the gif, dumb yeah. you are. Dumb you are. So, yeah. Well, it wasn't her fault, as we said. Oh, it was the track marshal's fault. It's a very, um, it's a very funny meme uh, with a Red Bull in in midair, it says Red Bull gives you wings. <laughs> dot dot dot. Literally. <laughs> so that's that's funny. All right, I think that pretty much wraps it up for our <laughs> review it. of the Canadian Grand Prix of 2018. Yep, been a pleasure, James. Always, as always. As always, you can tune into this show, of course, on Omni and on iTunes as well at Q3 Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Q3 Podcast. Also, do. Tune into our next show, which will be next Monday, the pit stop. Just give edition. us a like. We'll be back. Just give us a like. Give us a like. That'd be so handy. Yeah. We don't have many of them, but I we mean, we don't. We got like twenty, I think. Seventeen. Seventeen. <laughs> One you like this week, though. There you go. Um, by some random, I think. Don't say that. How dare you? Yeah. Who's who's the new like? I don't know. Like, I, um, hang on, I'm scrolling through here. It's like all my friends have liked this. This is crazy. Um, you no, know, not even, oh my God. Okay. Um, well, there's one you like and his name, oh, I don't even know this guy. His name is Lakshan. Yes, yeah, my mate. No How way. dare you? How dare you? Hey, Lakshan. What a sick His lad. name's Luck. Lakshan. Lakshan. Luck. Lakshan. Oh my God, he's going to be pissed. That's so funny. Sorry, man. Much respect. Stiff luck. Bad luck. Yep. Get done. Anyway, <laughs> our next show, next Monday, Pit Stop Edition. Pit we stop. posted on Monday. We have that lovely intro, the Cars movie, Beat Stop. Anyway, Beat stop. till next Monday, we'll see you at the front of the grid.